Everybody and welcome to Sensible Sunderland, where you join us with some exciting news that Michael Beale has been relieved of his duties as Sunderland boss. It's still unclear as of yet whether it's been a resignation, whether he's been uh, sacked by KLD and Christian Speakman. Uh, who knows? I think it's time we discuss it, but just to highlight our commitment to getting this podcast off the ground... It's 25 to midnight on a Monday, so, we, <laughs> you know, we, maybe we want to be the first podcast in your ears. I mean, Rope Report will beat us too, but they gave us a bit of praise on Twitter earlier, so, you know, we can forgive them. Anyway, 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 I'm going to throw this out to the floor. I'm Lee, I'm joined by, good evening, fellas. I am so evening. tired. I am so, <laughs> so tired. We said last week after the um, Huddersfield game, didn't we? During the week, we said, "Oh, at least we don't like play during the week every single week. At least we don't have these late nights." Uh, I mean, I'll ask you the obvious question at first: right decision? Absolutely. Like, like realistically, what did he offer us in anything? Like, he he was just so bad. He was so bad. Alienated players. He took he took everything good about our team away from us. Like, it was just a pointless eight weeks or whatever it was it just didn't work like and at least the club have been humble enough to admit that they've getting this mistake and just got shot of them yeah, th- yeah there's a lot to be said that you know people will say well Speakman brought him in and Speakman will be appointing his predecessor what where does that leave us what does that mean for us I think you do have to give Speakman some credit actually because he's gone yeah you know what I got that wrong I hold my hands up entirely uh, we'll try to get it right next time. Um, we all know, I mean, 40,000 fans were screaming before the appointment of Bale, this is a bad idea, this isn't going to work. And you knew from the offset, it just didn't fail right. Some things don't go together. And Sunderland and Michael Bale were like custard and tuna. It just didn't go. Mm-mm-mm, my favourite. Um, no, but I, I, I felt exactly the same. I think that's been the most frustrating thing for a lot of fans throughout all of this is is that element of like we told you so like not trying to sound smug or anything like that but like I remember literally saying when he was appointed I was like we all know this isn't going to last and he's going to get sacked or every week and second that he's here is just going to be a colossal waste of everybody's time and that's what's so frustrating for me like but I as you say credit for actually being diligent enough to like hold your hands up and say you know what we got it wrong um but as was the case after we made the bold decision to sack tony mowbray who did he get in if i think whatever the next move is i think that's what will justify whether this is a good decision or a bad decision i think i think we all when michael bale got appointed we all kind of knew this is not the club's first choice but what was alarming was that he seemed to be the cheap option yeah and i think after the after the results that uh, Dodsey got uh, when he when we beat Leeds and we beat West Brom, um, which I thought was always quite funny how Michael Beale took credit for those two results when he was like reeling mm. out his stats on the points that he picked up, um, yeah. but I think 
everyone was under the impression that like I after that because he just kept it ticking over nicely just you might as well give him it at the end of the season I think everyone was a bit skeptical to give him it on the basis that if he didn't do well you, you ideally you'd want him to slot back in as a coach but say if he didn't do well it might be difficult because the players might view him differently if he's had like a disastrous run but like knowing what we know now in hindsight he, he couldn't have done much worse than Michael Bale I think it's quite telling you know that um all the players on Instagram are sort of sending the well wishes to Tony Mowbray, which yeah. obviously <laughs> is echoed throughout Sunderland because everybody thinks a massive amount of Tony Mowbray, but they're all liking the post from the club that Michael Bale's been dismissed and Dodds is now in charge. Like, yeah, it, it, I like it's that. very telling. I like how Gucci liked it, me. <laughs> Gucci <laughs> sat on his own in Stoke in his back bedroom. Yeah, he, like, has, Hang on. he hasn't forgot. <laughs> no, he remembers. To be fair, that Stoke game, he might as well have been playing for us, let's face it. Aye, that's, that is true. I did laugh as well, like, I didn't think about this at the time, but people are saying, like, Tony Mowbray's, like, most noble act for Sunderland is getting Michael Bale the sack. <laughs> like, God love that man. Yeah. I, I mean, what, what I will say about Michael Bale is, there is a part of us I feel quite sorry for him. It obviously wasn't going to work. Nobody wanted him. He'd done a less than mediocre job. He, he wasn't detested for who he is as a person at the club. I don't think he was detested at all, but he was just roundly disliked because you can't bullshit in Sunderland. You can't offer yeah. this management bluff and get away with it, especially when you don't have the results to back it up. Mm-hmm. And I just hope, you know, Michael Bale goes with Sunderland's best wishes. It, it, it was a, a, a mixed endeavour. It wasn't going to work. But I do hope that he doesn't then go on to say in future job interviews, well, I wasn't accepted because I was a company, because I was this, I wasn't given a proper chance, this, that, and the other. Actually, Michael, you had your chance and everything got worse under you than what it was under Tony Moby. So why did we bother? Yeah. I think he I think he just needs to keep his mouth shut to a degree. Like <laughs> you know, like like you say, we um he didn't come in with anybody's blessing. But like as 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 I said on another podcast if you come in to that environment and you know you're not wanted, all you can do is get your head down and get results. And you don't help yourself by making your mouth go because you're speaking from like from emotion. You, your emotions are up high. You're obviously going to say the wrong things. Um, but I think his, his ego will have taken a battering because it's not just Sunderland where he's been hounded out. And he can't use that, oh, they never accepted as Sunderland because I was a cockney. Because one, you know, Bawley, Phillips, I can think of umpteen Cockney Sunderland heroes, um, or Southern Sunderland heroes, I should say. But at the same time, Rangers had exactly the same feeling towards them. So there's two big football clubs that um, you've shown but, yourself up at. Like just take then he's an Englishman in Yeah, aye. You know what I mean? So he always comes out. He always has an excuse. I, I, to be honest, I think what's getting in the sack is the fact that. It's it's the way he spoke to the fans and he really alienated us. Uh, I think what was it outsiders he called us? Like he forgets yeah, that this is our club. This mm-hmm. is our club, not his. And then I think another thing that's getting in the sack is this whole handshake case. Because let's face it, he was absolutely full of shit about not saying it. There's just it's no way. You just don't you don't miss a player who just subbed off. And the fact it's try human who some of the fans adore for his work rate, his commitment. That, that, that if it had been, I don't know, if it had been Mundo, for example, who's just come to the club, all right, fair enough, yeah. But 
the fact it's triune who's a fan favourite, I think that's yeah. upset even more people because now it was a case of why well, triune might just fuck it off and then at the end of the season put in a transfer request and then we lose one of our best players who was probably one of, if not the best right back in the league because of his ignorance. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what we were saying on Sunday. It was like, how much damage is he going to do? Like, he's alienating everybody. And I, I, I think... Sorry, Ant, I was just going to I was just going to caveat what Lee said there with when the whole handshake it was one thing but then reports after Bale's removal was that he'd given himself the day off on Sunday after the game and the players had been sent to the academy night for extra training I mean that is just newspaper reports but if there is any modicum of truth to that that it doesn't it, it doesn't board well does it that sort of do as I say not as I do like as a lady you leave by example yeah. then I don't, I don't, and Mark said this earlier in the week that, you know, Bale's charm isn't exactly obvious. Like, no, th- th- there's very little from what we've seen to like about the bloke, I guess. And I think that was reflected on the pitch. You could see the players were lacklustre and effortless. I won't be surprised we play Swansea at the weekend that the players will be full of fight and up for it all of a sudden be re- reinvigorated. I mean, they're all really liking the post on Instagram and stuff. And what does that tell you? I'm buzzing me like I'm going to match on Saturday and I'm absolutely buzzing for it like I wasn't you know what I mean like it was it, that was the thing I think a lot of fans have said like it was getting to be a chore to go at the match like even the um, Plymouth game where we won um, you know you, you still go to it when you think like oh, like I we won but it was like wasn't great we had 20 minutes where we like basically stepped it up again yeah, but it was just like it was just ponderous um, but I, I think with the way Bale's gone, like you say, his, his charm was never evident. And like you say, it speaks volumes, the fact that so many players have like came out and, and openly liked the fact that he wasn't at the club anymore. People are saying, well, that might just be because they're happy for Dodsey to get it because it's obvious that like Dodsey's well-liked within the within the dressing room. Mm-hmm. But uh, the, the two go hand in hand for me. Like I, I think, again, if, you know, we're going to look to who the club get in now. I think it, I mean, I the club have said that Dodds will remain in charge till the end of the season. When we get to the summer, does Will still become available? You've had people talk about Steve Cooper. You've you've had the romanticists talk about Sam Allardyce and Roy Keane. I would not be one bit surprised if it was none of those, to be honest. Yeah, I'd, I don't think it would be any of those. I think, you know what, as good as, as, good as Steve Cooper did with Nottingham Forest, I don't think he'd be the right fit for Sunderland because I think, to a degree... What you heard from Steve Cooper at Forest is like in the in the community he was he was class like he was brilliant he would do things that you wouldn't really get to hear about so I think he is like a nice bloke when you compare him to say someone like Michael Beale who came across as like cold and calculated but the accusation's still there for the Sunderland board in the fact that they're only ever going to appoint a yes man and Steve Cooper hundred percent is not a yes man he will kick off if right. if he feels like something isn't going in his favour and I don't think the club will stand for that. I think he'd kick off at the fans as well. I think he'd, I think he wouldn't be scared to have a go at the fans. And as you've seen with Bale, if you pick a fight with the fans, like not just sounding big-headed and blowing our own trumpet, but like I think with any club's fans, if you pick a fight with the fans, you're, you're going to lose it. I mean, I'm just going to read to you uh, Sporting Director Christian Speakman's statement. Uh, he said, "We are disappointed that Michael is leaving Sunderland. Our desire is to improve, and unfortunately, that hasn't been evident." As such, we take full accountability and feel that acting decisively is in the best interests of the club. This has been a difficult few months for Michael, 
who leaves with our best wishes for the future. Our focus is now on the players and supporting Mike Dodds in the remaining games to ensure we achieve the highest possible league finish. We will be updating our supporters further as and when significant developments are made. Um, I think there's a lot said in that, and there's also there's a lot not said in yeah. that statement. Very um, on the fence. Yeah, and, and I suppose that's speaking because he's a bit of a politician, isn't he? I think we can look at their way to full accountability and say, okay, presumably he means him and KLD. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, well, you'd, you'd think so. And, and also feel like that indecisively is in the best interests of the club. Like, I'll give them that, actually. I, I think that is what they've done. You can criticise them for appointing Bale. Yes, you absolutely can criticise him for that. He deserves to be criticised for that, in fact. But with that, he deserves praise for, for making the move now before the season's mm. dead in the water. We're only four points inside the playoffs. It's unlikely, in my opinion, or it was unlikely when Bale was in charge. Now, a little bit of a lottery, I would say. You know what, though, this is what you're saying about their reinvigoration. Like, I agree with you 100%. Like, I it's just going to be going to fizzle out in the season. We're going to finish mid table. But now I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, oh, it's only four points. You know what I mean? Like, it just, just goes to show, like, what a big impact it's had. Like, and one thing I will say as well, which I do want to touch on, like, with Michael Bale, I don't want it to sound like kind of false humility now because we've kind of gotten our wish and he's gone. And it's, you know, I know there's been like a lot of venom and a lot of vitriol towards him over the last couple of weeks. But like you touched on there, Dan, like part of his in a way, as much as I've slagged him off, did feel a bit sorry for him because like it must have been like an awful position for anyone to be in. So it was kind of like do the right thing for the club, but also do the right right thing for him as a bloke because like his mental health and everything, like everything he's got going on, obviously with, you know, his little niece and that who's going through a bad time, like you don't need all this scrutiny. So I, did, I am kind I did of pleased begin to in that think, respect. Now, I, I may be wrong here, but I did begin to think the club would probably be irresponsible in their duty of care to an employee to allow this of, to have trundled on because it was just getting uglier and uglier. Yeah, it was nasty, wasn't it? Like, one thing I kept on thinking is, imagine if he'd been here at the end of the season. He still would have done the lap of honour or lap of appreciation, as they now call it. Imagine the venom, man. Coming down yeah. from those stands when we've just been fucking beaten two and out of Chef Wade on the final home game of the season. <laughs> I think the thing is as well though, like no, nobody's forced him in this job. Like he must have seen all of the the backlash about even the murmuring that he might get appointed. He's still taking his job up on himself. He's still then gone and fought fans. He's then still gone and ignored players. Like Mm-hmm. It's it's easy to say I feel sorry for him, but at the end of the day, a lot of this stuff that's caused all of this, like you say, venom toward him, has been brought on himself. Oh, hundred percent, and that's what I mean. Like he's came into that environment. If that had been me, um, I would have literally just said at the start, look, I know a lot of you don't want us here, but judges after ten games, that's all I would have said, and then just got to work, and I would have just let the noise be noise. And I would have tried to turn it around with the results and focus solely on that. Whereas I think he's always had that chip on his shoulder over the comments and maybe that has prevented him from doing as good a job as he maybe feels he could have done. You can't blame Michael Bale for sort of coming in, like you say, with that chip on his shoulder because it's like, you fuckers don't even know who I am. And you're automatically judging us because... No, but the thing is, my... we, 
we knew who he was. He was someone who fucking failed at Rangers. He finished yeah. third in a two-horse race yeah. up in Scotland. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I mean by that is nobody knew. Sunderland fans didn't have this sort of close inspection of what Michael Beale was. We we had this report from KPR yeah. and from Rangers fans. And, you know, that, that was proved to be accurate. Absolutely, it was. But Beale would have thought, well, you're judging us already. I haven't, I haven't even been here. So, naturally, he's going to have a monkey on his back. And his fatal mistake was not doing anything to sort of fetter those concerns. Mm. He came out swinging and said, oh, I fuck the fans, effectively. It's just noise. It means nothing to me. Uh, me and the lads are all right. Hey, we'll, I'll show you he's on the pitch. And obviously, you fail to do that. Yeah, that's all you had to do. Just just work in the shadows. And like say, if if maybe it's a bit of insecurity on his part, like... I get that he's a human and like I say, emotions could have played a part in it. But I think if if you were confident of yourself and doing a good job, I, I personally, I would have been happy to just go in and say, I just say what you want about us. I'm going to do a good job. I feel a little bit of it as well. Like a lot of his feelings, like this is what we've all said about his ego. I don't think he's actually listened to the likes of Mike Dodds. I think Dodds is really well respected in that, that locker room. And I think the fact that he's, it almost seems like he's ignored him to a degree. Because Doddy had a plan B. I think, I can't remember if it was Leeds or West Brom, but one of them, we played five at the back. Yeah. And we won. And then the next game, we went in with our normal 4 2 3 1. And yeah. we won. There's a little bit of us there thinks that's another one of his downfalls. That's another reason he's failed. It's because he's gone in, we're going to do it my way. He's completely ignored what's on before. And he, he's just, he's, good. he's offered nothing, really. He's done nothing to that team except demoralise them. Yeah. Which you can, you know, you can come in and say, right, I'm going to scrap everything. I'm going to do it my way. That works when I think you're coming into a club that's like struggling. Do you know what I mean? And has mm. no confidence. Because you, sometimes you have to like knock them down a bit to build them back up in your image. But when you've got a club that's firing on all cylinders and going in the right direction, it's sometimes it's just a case of taking the ball and running with it. Like, yeah. made essentially the same mistake that David Moyes did when David yeah. Moyes came in. Like, these two, I think, are so parallel to each other in the way they've, they've taken a winning formula, taken everything that's good about it and just stripped it for their own, yeah. like, ego, to be honest. And that was the problem. To me, you know, we, we see Michael Bale leave Sunderland as the shortest-serving manager in our history. And he'll go down as, like, the Liz Truss of Sunderland, I suppose. <laughs> it, it's It's been calamitous. But I think... We will see a time very soon where we can truly judge Dreyfus and Speakman to see what moves they make next. This is like we said when Mowbray got sat in the appointed bail, you know, this is a huge point in Dreyfus's ownership and of Sunderland's history on, on sort of the chartered course back in the Premier League. But this moment feels even bigger all of a sudden. This yeah. season isn't a, isn't a write off yet. If they get this right, the season isn't a write off at all, if you ask me. The club of of getting us in this position, we we'll, we'll have to trust them to get the we we'll have to trust them oh. to get us out to a degree, which they still could. But I don't know whether I've said it privately or whether I may have said it on the pod on sun in the pod on Sunday. But like you, you worried the fact that they allowed Beale to come in. They thought he was a good appointment. Like it kind of worries me now of who they think might be a good appointment going forward. Like I feel like the club have actually lost like quite a lot of credibility in terms of mm. like. The, re- the recruitment, which we all thought was like stellar before this carry on, didn't we? Yeah. I think I think we're going into that boat and it kind of ties in with an earlier point about the unpopular manager. Nobody wanted Alex May. Everybody thought he'd, he'd been there and kind of just washed himself up. Mm-hmm. And Alex May got us promoted and he did very, very well to get us promoted, by the way. 
And obviously, Alex Neil left. They brought in Tony Mowbray. Again, everybody thought it was a dinosaur and he's kind of past his best. Mm-hmm. Proved everybody wrong. Everybody, like I say, we, nobody really wanted to see either of those two managers leave. This one seems like a bit of an outlier looking on prior. Yes, don't get us wrong. It's an absolutely horrific mistake by the club to appoint Michael Bale. But for me, they've still got my trust in who they're going to appoint next because I do think that they'll look at it and go, we need to get this right to keep this five-year plan on track. Yeah, it's the momentum. Like, uh, I always say, like, momentum is like everything in football like it's when you've got it you've got to just keep running with it and sometimes when you lose it, it's like so hard to get back and you, you find yourself like hurtling the other way which obviously we've seen from like first-hand experience and that was my big worry it was like all this momentum we've, we've built mm. up over the last three years like I was watching some lie die like oh. we'll get on to next week in like greater detail but like just those scenes, man, at Wembley. And it was like, that was, it felt like our club was back. And like last season when people from the outside were like sitting up and taking notice, like, oh my God, like just keep an eye on what's happening up at Sunderland, like mm. there's something there. And then to, for it to go as sour as it did, as quick as it did, that was like, that was my big worry. So yeah, who they get in is is going to be massive in terms of can we keep that going? But what, what I was thinking is, which I'm going to throw the question out to you both, just for like, Shits and gigs. Who is the worst possible appointment you could think of now to come into Sunderland? So I've I've seen the the odds for the next manager, and I think second on that list is Frank Lampard. And my ball sits firmly in that court. Do not let him anywhere near his job. God, I mean to be fair, that's that's a high roller compared to mine. I was going to say like fucking. Paul Insa, like Alan Pardew or someone. So I think uh, Frank Lampard's a godsend if you compare him to mine. I think I think when you text in the group chat earlier on to say Paul Ince was, was your choice, also you were joking. But like, I, I think that would quite literally, that would be me done. Like, I think I'd be, I'd be more or less like... Yeah, I'd just be like, but but no. Like, why? why board the windows we... and doors up. Honestly, <laughs> like, honestly like... And you know, you, you get these like sorry, like, but you get some absolute doyles on Twitter. He'll say, Oh, go and get one of them. These managers look at all these, that's available. And they're chugging like Antonio Conte and that Slavin Billich and stuff. What, what fucking planet are you on? FIFA. FIFA planet is the answer. Exactly. And another question for you is as well. It come it comes up every single time, right? And I don't think it would ever happen, and part of us doesn't want it to happen. But Roy Keane comes up every time, doesn't he? And I think mm-hmm. just because of our history with him, like, again, sorry for spoiling something I die, um, for anyone who hasn't seen it, but that Keno montage, mm-hmm. like, when he comes in, just like a flashback to when he first came in. Yeah. It, yeah. it was just a roller coaster, wasn't it? And, like, to have something like that back, it would always get me excited. Um, yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, Look, following Roy, when Roy Keane was in charge, that was my favourite time watching someone. Mm-hmm. You know, do you think think about the like Chopra getting the winner against Spurs and stuff on our first day back in the Premier League? It's a brilliant, brilliant, exciting memories. And and the romantic part of my brain says Roy Keane, ah, it will be nice. It will be nice. It will be nice. But ah, sadly, and I, I don't really want to have to say this, but I do think that ship has sailed. Yeah. I can't. What, I can't say it. Yeah. Do you know what did it for me? The bit on something like I die where. Jack, because there's a big bit, isn't he, about when he was linked with us when we got rid of uh, Lee Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, 
Jack Clark. There's a bit where Jack Clark says, like, yeah, like, I see him on TV and I think he's really funny. And that, to me, is the difference. Like, when Roy Keane was here the first time, like, me dad called him. Yeah, like, me, me dad feared. called it. I remember when he got announced, I was a bit like, Roy Keane, like, fucking hell, we needed a bit of experience. And then my dad just said, I'll tell you now, we'll sort this club right out because he just left Man United. He had a bit of fire in his belly. He was but at like, Celtic, wasn't he? Just, just before yeah, he, he went came to Celtic was... for a bit, yeah. aye. Um, and then he was, aye, then he obviously got, like, we were his first managerial job. But, like, he's gone from being that relevant, like, leader to a TV personality now, which, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, yeah. I, hopefully, hopefully he's still got some in him because I really, really do love Roy Keane. But I, I just think maybe, as you say, that ship has sailed. But we can, we can romanticise the dream, can we? I think the days of managers being these like hardened taskmasters, it's done because footballers, when Keno was in charge, those footballers were beginning that turn into being like perfume princesses where they can't take criticism, like your Paul Pogba's and your Jesse Lingard's, this this type of character. Like I think now, especially. The, look, look at De Canio, you know, he, he tried to yeah. take tomato sauce away and John O'Shea threw a fit. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, th- I think now a football manager has to be entirely different, entirely different. Yeah, I think in this, in this like, where, in this current climate of like, you know, like mental health being as, as like important as it is, I think we, we have to start seeing footballers as human beings and like how, how you treat them on like a human level. Um, and could Roy Keane do that? I, th- I think, you know, a lot of the stuff he says on Sky, like where he kicks off at like Maguire for like a misplaced header or something and he really goes to town. I think a lot of that is bravado and for the cameras, I think he would be capable if he needed to of like putting his arm around a player and like getting the best out of him. He said that himself. He's like, look, I'm not as bad as people think. But uh, you're right. I think the, the game, the game, sadly, is is just totally different now. I, th- I think, yeah, we can we can discount Roy Kane. And Will still is an option in the summer because apparently, if you listen to the Twitter rumours, he won't cost us anything in the summer other than the price of his contract, obviously. And again, as that sealed, who knows what the club are going to do. But it wouldn't surprise me if, if they do sort of do what the fans wanted initially when Mowbray went in that just go and get a foreign coach we've never heard of and just play because they like sexy football don't they speaking and drivers they, they want us to be like expressive and like yeah. young creative players and you know that's all well and good I just hope they finally go and just put that experience in the middle of the park a bit because that's what we're missing you know Lee had said about a Corey Evans figure and so, somebody like that just, just a solid head who's been around the doors a bit it would keep the young lads right when, like, you see when Birmingham equalised, for example, you knew all day we were going to get beat then because yeah. the, the resilience isn't there. Mm-hmm. Like, I love I love Luke 09. Absolutely, I'll not have a bad word said about Luke 09. But, yeah, when, you, when you're up against the wall like that, I don't really look at him as being the one to, like, G up other players, you know what I mean? And, like, get the other players, like, get them to, settled. And to galvanise you know I mean? them. Galvanise them, yeah. He doesn't strike me. So we desperately are. I mean, whether Corey Evans can come back and be that man, I don't know. How they need to go in the transfer market. We need to get to the summer and we need to do what we should have done for the past three or four transfer windows in that buy an experienced striker and defensive midfielder. That's what we're crying out for. We and all know that, Everybody can and say that's it. that's all it needs. It literally needs just that little sprinkle of experience in there. We're not asking to go out and buy 11, 25 or 30 year old players. It just needs that one or two so that when, when games start to sway against us, 
just to calm everybody down. Yeah. Go down, take that free kick, kick the ball out, and then roll about on the floor for a bit of that cramp. I think I might be wrong. I think um I think they did it at the weekend. Uh Birmingham. I'm sure there was one player went down and they were getting a bit of a uh, stretching then off a, one of our yeah, players. The second one went down, I yes. yes. You know what I mean? And and that's that's all we need in that team. It's just yeah, a bit of bit, a bit of a noose about us. Exactly, just to, yeah, just to yeah. kill a game off, take the pace out of us. You're on about a bit of experience. I like the look of that. I mean, he didn't play at the weekend, but that Alex Pritchard at Birmingham, he seems like he would come in and do a job. So it might be one to think about. Like the like one we need, isn't he? Look, uh, we've discussed Bale, and, and I'm glad he's gone, and it was definitely the right decision. I don't wish any badness on him, but I think this has to be a closed chapter in the club's history, and we'll just never, yeah. ever, ever, ever talk about Michael Bale again. again. Yeah. yeah. He's in the what same book. Grierson, Parkinson, Moyes, he's in that. That category, unfortunately. Yeah. What the hell are we going to talk about though going forward? I feel like this podcast has been now put Michael Bale slander since yeah. it started. So. We'll, have, we'll have to talk about football now. We'll have to start doing player ratings and everything. Oh, I didn't watch it. <laughs> uh, look, have you got anything else to add, fellas? We we thought we'd just jump on here, give you a quick reaction pod. Uh, something to listen to if you drive to work. Uh, it's onwards and upwards at this point, surely. Yep, reset button has been well and truly hit. Like, let's just... To me, I kind of like how it's created a bit of a siege mentality. Like, it has with me. I don't know about you, lads. But, like, with me, I, I'm part of me is just thinking, right, let's just fucking get at them for the rest of the season. Yeah. See where we finish. And if we don't get in the playoffs, we can we, we know it's down to this, like, middle of the season bad run. But if we do, it's like, fucking come on, we'll have the momentum. Yeah, like I say, just good luck to Dodgy. I hope you can... Out of the Certainly hope so. Um, the club had said, you know, I mean, I was just reading um, Phil Smith from the Sunday Echo, and he'd said that the club didn't feel that it was the right time to give Dodds uh, the first team coach's job on a permanent basis when Bale was appointed because they didn't want to potentially jeopardise the good working relationship they have with him, as you know, in the position he was in currently, where that you know he was yeah. the assistant of the manager basically, but. Now that that trigger's had to be pulled effectively, I do hope Dodds does well, obviously, but I think he's shown us in the games against Leeds and West Brom. He is capable. He has got ideas and plans. And, you know, this might just be the sort of the blossoming of a flower. You know, this might be Dodds' moment to sort of grab the reins a bit and and run with Sunderland because the squad's there. He knows them very well. Um, He knows how to play football, clearly. Um, And he's gotten us good results before. So let's hope that continues. Sunderland nil, Swansea City three. <laughs> <laughs> With all three goals, Joel Azoro. Is he still playing? <laughs> no, no, he doesn't play there anymore. <laughs> uh, okay, look, everybody, thank you for listening. Um, we'll be back for something midweek, maybe Sunderland to Ledai, maybe his match preview. We don't know yet. We don't know where we're going to go with this podcast, but uh, we do have quite a few listeners already. So thank you very, very much for your time, for your ears. It's most appreciated. Uh, you can follow us over on Twitter at Sensible SASC. We're over on Facebook at Sensible Sunderland. Uh, do give us a retweet, a like, tell a friend. You know, it goes a long way. Um, and hopefully we can get to the Disney Heights of Rotor Report and Wiseman say and all that stuff. Um, we're just Sunderland fans like you uh, making a little go of it. So, again, thank you very much for your time. Uh, any like the wild fellas before we sign off for the evening? Can I just make one suggestion if we do a Sunderland to Lad Eye special next week. Can we not start at a fucking half 11? I am in agreement.
I am so tired. Okay, everybody, thank you for listening. And we'll see you during the week. Good night. Oh!